Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. Ings in the box. Oh, to his left. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to a very sombre episode of In That Number, ITN 107. Kevin, what are we going with? Groundhog Day. Has very to be. Yes, today we will have to discuss that devastating and humiliating 9-0 defeat to Manchester United at Old Trafford on Tuesday night. And our trip, yeah, and our trip to Newcastle United from Saturday. Sharing in the pain and the misery, we have Tim Bizantz and the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Firstly, Kevin, uh, we had a mini special on Minamino in the week and we've expressed our initial thoughts and feelings briefly. But now with yesterday's game, you have to take that into account as well. How are you feeling about the whole situation? Um, I'm kind of making my way towards indifference. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that midweek episode where we, we didn't dwell too much on, on that result kind of yeah, got, it's a bit of a strange way of uh, venting, but yeah, I'm not feeling too bad. I'm not, not 
taking it too badly. I did though, just because I, mean, I did, did my back in last weekend, and obviously not feeling too good after that result midweek. Um, Mrs. booked me in for a Thai massage, and um, I went in there and got a happy ending. Sort of, no, no happy ending. I can't. This is Montgomery. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Not a happy ending for Saints either, but um, no, there's some sort of elements of reflexology, and to be honest, it was more like wrestling than fucking than a massage. She was putting me in like holds and chokes and leaving us like pushing on my veins. Um, yeah, I'd have to do that, so um, yeah, <laughs> might have to just stick to the usual methods of uh, of dealing with stress. So it, it, it didn't work then, no? Not really, no. It's not, that's, that, that's not for me. So she beat you up and charged you for it. Lovely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit like uh, watching the Saints. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tim, how are you? I mean, have you had a fantastic week? Uh, yeah, it's been better. So uh, besides that, we will finally be moving in next week. Next weekend. So uh, su- Sunday's recording next week will be from our new place. That's wow. good. That's good. So you're moving on Saturday. Uh, we'll move Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. So you're, you're going to be you're going to be okay to record on Sunday? Not going to be too be busy. Reco- I'll be there. I'll be Excellent. ready. Excellent. Uh, Tim, do you have a teaser for us this week? All right. Would you rather have a personal chef cook you a meal once a week for the next year, or have a personal masseuse give you a massage once a week for the rest of the year? Well, if it's okay. anything like Kevin's yesterday, then. <laughs> How timely! You know my answer. <laughs> I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the chef. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Do we get to choose where they're from? <laughs> Do we get a happy ending from the chef as well? <laughs> yes. That's an interesting dessert. <laughs> well, what about yeah, you, Tim? Uh, I'll take the massage. I think quality of life will be increased significantly. Yeah, you can. The equivalent of getting a personal chef cook you a nice meal. Uh, all, all in all, that's great. You can order out and they can, that person can cook for you, but you can't just get a personal masseuse regularly or readily available for you. So I think it would be great for the quality of life. Tim, me, me and Kevin went through a little bit of news in the week, as you may know. So we don't want to rehash it all, but, um, just briefly, uh, what are your thoughts on, on Valerie and Shane Long being allowed to leave and Minamino coming in? Uh, Shane Long makes sense. It's kind of, I want to say awkward, but we just signed into a new two-year contract and then within four months said you're, you're effectively championship level. So uh, showing that, seeing that he wasn't going to allow playing time, I'm not sure what's going to come about from that or I don't know the, the end result or the, the, the net gain from it. But if the means was to get Minamino in for a chance to get a person with new blood, new taste, has a great pressing style, all for it. Good for them. Secondly is Valerie. Uh, I, I'm not surprised by it, but I'm surprised based on purely on depth considerations. Uh, Valerie needs the experience and Birmingham City wanted him for the year or for the rest of the year, that is, and was very happy that he can get the chance. I was thinking he's probably going to get this at the earlier of the year, but once again, our depth is is horrid as we as we know. So I'm concerned about the depth, and but happy for him to get the move, and hopefully he'll get some good experience from it. And we can either 
sell him, or he could suck up being the backup to KWP. And Minamino? He's just been, he's good. It was a good choice. So, Ripple Salzburg has that same style of high pressing style, so showing the experience and the promise that he had from there, uh, I think it was a quality move. I think it was better if we got the fullback in. Mm. I think there was many, uh, I think there was many pre- pressing, more pressing needs than, uh, than Minamino was. So, for example, we were looking at, uh, Nico Williams, Tanganga, uh, Ainsley Mate Niles for his fullback ability. All those, uh, didn't work out. So I think, uh, Minamino was the backup option. But since hindsight is 2020, he did, he did a pretty decent job playing against, uh, Newcastle, uh, despite the circumstances. Yeah, Kev, um, Alex actually said on our Discord that, um, do you think Minamino was brought in just because, you know, because of Theo's injury? I think that's got to be a contributing factor, hasn't it? Uh, do, do you know how long that Theo is supposed to be out for? I've heard up to Well, it was, a, it was a hamstring, so yeah, it's usually four weeks, isn't it? Up to four it was, weeks. Yeah, we're looking at probably something like four to six weeks and that. It was pretty bad. Uh, Diallo's is up to four weeks. It will be quite interesting to see though when he does come back that, you know, what are you going to do with that? you know, all those wide players that we've got and who's going to get the start. So I don't know if he was brought in solely as cover for Theo, but it, it must just be depth, isn't it? We can, and, and, you know, when we had the, um, the Liverpool lads on from across the park podcast, they said that, you know, he's a quite a versatile forward player, so we could use him anywhere. We could also use him up front as well. I mean, we, let's face it, we're using, we've been using Theo in that situation a few times, so why not give it to Minamino as well? Where Minamino's positioning was during the Newcastle game, he was all over the place. Mm. Uh, there was lots of fluidity, and so you saw him make runs from the right, make runs from the left, and transition. He, he can play anywhere in that top role, and he effectively is well caught to me. Uh, in terms of his ability to slot in somewhere in the team. And he can finish as well. He had one hell of a finish with his opposite foot. Kevin, I know we're having a bit of a shit time at the moment and probably don't you know, want to be talking about this, but we have to award the player and goal of the month for January. Um, do you have the results? Yes. Okay, um, we'll start with uh, player of the month. Uh, we had uh, four players to choose from, from our nominees for each of the matches, so there were uh, Kyle Walker-Peters, James Ward-Prowse, Stuart Armstrong, and Jan Bednarek. Um, do you know the result? I don't, know. Who would you guess that or well, nominate? I think Kyle Walker-Peters had a solid month. I think, well, I think they all had pretty pretty good, apart from the results, yeah. I think Kyle Walker-Peters is probably, I mean, hands up, I did look at it yesterday, and I know that who was winning. But I also yeah. think that Jan Bednarek had a good month as well. I think maybe uh, people's judgment is a bit clouded by more recent results in the yeah, last week. But sure. um, yeah, um, Kyle Walker-Peters has run away with it 40%, and we can see why. I mean, we, we miss him so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that one's warranted. Um, four goals and an open goal for a goal of the month. So it fitted quite perfectly. We didn't have to think at all. Um, very clear winner. I mean, Prowse's goal against Shrewsbury was nice. I think it deserved a bit more, but yeah, Ings is against Liverpool, 75%. That was always going to win it, I think, wasn't it? It was against the team, the way that he took it. Using our only result for that month, really. But all four goals, I thought, were really good. I thought they were, they could, you know, all of them had a sh- could have had a shout in any other month. Uh, and Lundelouse was, I mean, was good finish. Time, but it was a, yeah, a reasonable finish. Uh, yeah. Armstrongs. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, right, guys. Let's um, let's not delay this anymore. The nine nil. What you've all been waiting for. Yeah. Humiliated. Again. Should we get a sense of deja vu? <laughs> yeah. 
Groundhog Day. Uh, disgusted, angry, let down, embarrassed, just some of the emotions that we've all felt over the course of this week. And it doesn't get any better either, does it, with yesterday. But, I mean, we're, we're all still feeling numb from the last 9-0, and it doesn't help that we get reminded of it every time we play. Now we have to go through this again, and it's probably going to be like this forever, you know. You lose 9-0 twice inside 16 months, and it's, it's just unbelievable and hard to explain. Kevin, when we last lost to Leicester, we were in a bad place. It, it was hard to see a way out. We were in a relegation scrap. Ralph's job was on the line, it was thoughts. Um, and we had difficult games against City and Everton to follow. Actually, in fact, we lost our next three before we bounced back, and we did bounce back. But, th- you know, this time, we've had a fantastic season. We've gone above and beyond yeah. my expectations so far. Since Project Restart, we've been on it. Uh, we've dominated games. We've beat City. We've beat Liverpool. We've been top of the league. We are not the same team as that one that lost to Leicester. That's one reason to think, OK, you know, this is a bad defeat. We're going through it. But it's not all as bad as last time. It's just it, it feels worse because it's happened again. And then, you know, we could respond straight away. But what fucking response did we have? Um, well, um, yesterday, nothing. Um, exactly. I think like Ralph's, Ralph said, we're not a shit team anymore. Um, we were a shit team then and we're not now. I think everyone can agree on that. I think there's a lot of differences. Last time, um, there were people calling for Ralph's head. I mean, there are there some of those now as well. Um, but I think people were more just afraid that he'd, you know, get up and leave. Yeah. But there's nothing more that he can do. And so he'd walk away. But, I mean, he's not the sort of manager to give up. He's a, he's a fighter and he's going to continue fighting on, uh, for his reputation and for the future of the team. I, I think that, that, that just shows what a brilliant manager he is. But yeah, the timing of it's completely different. I mean, yeah, back then, our position in the league, we were in a relegation battle then, and that uh, that result and the results that came after us left us in 19th, um, pretty much no hope, really. Um, it took us until around Christmas to start the turnaround. And, yeah, we finished strongly, and, yeah, we finished in about the position that we are now. So, I mean, if the turnaround then took us to the position we're in now, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just completely different. Um, with 29 points, um, you've got to say that relegation is, is very unlikely. It's not out of the question. Obviously, if we lose every match from between now and the end of the season, then, yeah, we're, we're going to go down. But, you know, we only, we're only a few wins away from um, from safety. I think, realistically, that's got to be our next tar- target. And, yeah, another huge difference is that the injury crisis, it's real. I mean, we had nine players out for that match. Um, the squad is much thinner and all the players are much more tired. Um, we've got a bit of a, a gold drought that's, yeah, that, that's a, a crisis that I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's ending now, starting to score goals again. But, yeah, it's just uh, they're two completely different games, but with uh, the same scoreline. And plus, we weren't hard done by in that match. We were shite. We collapsed. And that's true. Less, it was Leicester that scored those nine goals. I think you can say, you know, without Mike Dean's influence and the ridiculous officiating, uh, we would have lost that game by a huge margin. But it would have been, you know, six two or seven two or something like that. You know, those results that you normally get in a season um, big losses or wins um, they've happened a lot more this season for, for obvious reasons but it would be another one of those results 
But you know, we're we're Southampton. This is the Southampton way. When we lose, we lose big. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I think it's, that's fair to say. Um, Tim, going off the back of what Kevin just said about um about Ralph and about him saying that he's not gonna he's not gonna resign. We here on ITN, we want to express our love and admiration for our manager. And this club has done nothing to help him in this window or last, really, have they? Unfortunately, Ralph has been able to take teams to the higher promised land, known as the Champions League. And seeing his quality, seeing his dedication, seeing his previous success and seeing his love for the team, you know, we're going to stick by him no matter what because he provides the quality in a level up that any other manager outside of Pochettino and, and Kuman recently that I've been able to see. Now, I've been following the team now for eight, ten, eight years, nine years, close enough, and been reading enough to know that uh, Ralph is one of, if not, could be one of the best managers, but these 9-0 losses will be a stain on his uh, his career. So we, we need to be able to support and show the care that he's given to us based on a development not only in the personnel of the academy, but then just the professionalism provided. So I really love the guy. I really want the best for him. Uh, but you can't just win 9-0 twice in the span of 16 months. So that's It just can't happen. Absolutely not. But that, I mean, that all started, Kevin. The red card, it was the catalyst, wasn't it? It was a, it was a stupid mistake. You know, with, with 10 men... The injuries and Mike Dean, it was always going to be difficult, wasn't it? But we still shouldn't have lost 9-0. No, not at all. I mean, are we going to go through it blow by blow? No, no, we're not. I don't think my mental health will be able to take it. But just, just suffice to say we were poor. Terrible defensively. We weren't helped by Mike Dean. Uh, something we kind of like half-joked about pre-game, didn't we? Um, but, the, but the red card, that set us on our, on our way. And the offside... On, on Shay, I'm not even sure what they're looking at with offsides anymore. I honestly don't know. Because I don't know how that was, was an offside. But just quickly on the red cards for Jankovic. Um, yeah, no one's going to be arguing about that. Yeah, definitely clear red cards. I mean, you think you, you want to step up in your, your first chance and make a statement. And we are Jankovic did make a statement. And the statement was that I'm a fucking psychopath. The tiger stripes he left on McTominay's thigh. I mean, I, I don't know. It was like he was spinning the match. But hey, and, and that was where the Groundhog Day for me, the deja vu, kind of kind of kicked in. For you think, oh, we've seen this before. And then, yeah, okay, we did collapse, but yeah, we definitely weren't helped by some of those ridiculous decisions. I'm. Mean, well, we gave up. Didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we gave up. I mean, we, we didn't really have the resources to defend anyway. Uh, but yeah, what it was difficult to call it defending, but what defending we did was was fucking awful. But yeah, that offside. I mean, I was kind of in and out of this game because I, you know, I wasn't really sure that I could watch it. It was going to be a tonking, so you know, I, I thought, you know, I step away and you know, watch a bit of it and then come back. And I thought, okay, well, I'll maybe start by watching the, the second half. And I thought we we started to look good and. Shay, he was fighting all the way through. And it was uh, a foul on Armstrong, gets that free quick. And Prousey takes it quickly. Adams makes a brilliant run, out-wrestles Fred and scores from that tight angle. I was jumping out of my seat. I thought, brilliant, you know. Um, we, we might a bit be able of a, fight, to yeah. a bit of a fight. Yeah, a bit of a fight back. And 
um, come out of this with some sense of dignity. But um, I've got no fucking idea what they're looking at. He's clearly on side. Um, Mike Dean even goes to the monitor. He, he doesn't rule out the goal before he looks at the monitor, as far as I remember. No. Um, he manages to, to stand there and look at the monitor. He, he, he likes the cameras on him, doesn't he? He loves it, um, yeah. It's all about him. Stands there for a good few minutes and, um, yeah, decides it's off and chokes the goal out. So he's going against his, his own decision, which that's a bit unlike my scene. Um, and what it's ridiculous. I mean, that, 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 it shows that Shay's on side. I mean, where, where the fuck they were drawing the line at his armpit, uh, how the fuck they, they got to the, oh, it's, oh my god, doesn't yeah. even bear thinking about them. Is the concept of level just being removed from, from this game? That players can't be level, it's either on or off side. If, it, if there's that much in it, let the goal stand. Give it to the benefit of the, of the attacking team. That's what it, that's yeah. what it's always has been, but. And some... it's the fucking sleeves again. He's in a long sleeve shirt, so is that how they're gonna measure it from his fucking wrist? Well, when we tried it, or the, we, we, we joked about the, you know, the vest wearing that, and he ain't gonna be able to give us offside if we're wearing that. Well, but... we could go and start bollock naked and might Dean still chalk it off for us. He'd still find a fucking sleeve, wouldn't he? Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, that's why I ask, because I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know what the first thing they're looking at is. It's just, it's outrageous. It's, Haven't it's unfair. Got a fucking clue. It's Not a fucking clue. No, and, and Tim, I mean, more mishaps from Mike Dean. Bednarek red card, completely, completely an injustice. I mean, Martial and Solskjaer have both remarked that it wasn't a red. wasn't even a fucking foul. Not a penalty. Um, and I'm sure, I, I, well, I'm not sure what else Jan could have done. You know, as a defender, what was he supposed to do? He kind of like ran and then pulled back and started to say, look, I know what's going to happen if I collide. And it's happened. It's just like, what, what can you do? <laughs> you can sit there and laugh and try to push past through in the stages of grief faster by, by not denying it and just accepting the pain, getting angry if you need to, and then go straight into depression at that level. <clears throat> Nothing was going our way. Nothing was going on. You know, the, uh, I'm going to say it again, but the, the margin for error in offsides needs to be much wider than five millimeters. I said that's the third time I said it this season, and I feel yeah, like I'm... It might be the last, either. If you need in, to draw lines, it, 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 it should be given as level. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a very, it's, and that's where, like I said, two inches, three inches in there, you definitely consider it level because it's going to be fine in that, in that way. But... But Nurek's red card, it's a shit decision. Uh, equally, I guess the David Louise one, uh, the previously in the day, uh, he, he, the defender, or the offen- the offensive player from Wolves clipped the, the knee of Louise just barely and is trying to get out of the way. But Nurek didn't even touch him. It was a dive. It was acknowledged by both Ole and Anthony. It's just the act of, I wouldn't even say common decency. It's just the act of doing what's right there. He got, tried to get out of the way, prevent, you know, to, to avoid a foul. He did not, uh, attempt, you know, once he recognized that the situation did not allow him to inject into it, he pulled out. Therefore, that should not be a foul. And it sucked. Yeah. And, and, and the injustice they, of it's that. Really overturned it. Yeah. Okay. So, but they overturned it, right? So, 
we got punished for having nine men. We got nine men. They went and scored a, a few more goals since then. We got punished. We got punished for it. It's since been overturned. But what's happened to Mike Dean afterwards? Nothing. Why? He's officiating in that West Ham match against. Yeah. Why? Bottom, why is that? Why? Why do players get punished for stuff that they didn't even do? And then the referees are allowed to get away with it and then carry on. It's not right. It's, it's, it's not right it's at all. This PGMOL mafia that's organising everything. Let's try and think of it from their Don't perspective. Worry. Is that if if they didn't have complete immunity when it comes to the situation, then fans would continually push against the sanctity of refereeing and even further in the game. So they feel that they need to have divine immunity, that they can do no wrong no matter what. So, and that's their way of protecting the game and protecting the refs. But we've got but VAR theory, now. They, they, they can't get it wrong now, can they? Surely. They're allowed well, to look at video, video evidence. It's, ex, it's exposing them. Ex, it's exposing issues even further showing that they're, that the level of refereeing is incorrect. And yeah. these situations... Yes, in terms of retrospective ban or issues against against Mike Dean or whatever it might be, you know, you you need common sense at some of these times. And letters of the law do not are even getting so meticulous that it's wrong. It's just wrong. Melancholy is the best way I can describe things right now. Yeah, that's right. We're sunk in that depression level and hoping for an upward turn here soon enough. Yeah, I mean, uh, I understand that referees should be protected from, you know, pressure. And I don't know about immunity. I mean, they, they, they can't avoid culpability. They have to have responsibility for their actions. They have to act professionally. And when they make mistakes, um, I, I think they, they should be punished for it. Yeah, they should Managers be punished. And also, they don't come out and say that they've made a mistake either, do they? No, but it's implied with these decisions. When you get, um, you know, red cards rescinded, okay, there's some sort of, um, closure there, but if, if you've given a penalty or you've ruled a goal offside when it shouldn't have been, you can't get that back. And yeah, they, they, they should be punished for it. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we the, could. The, techno- the technology's there, it, it, but it should be used correctly and it should be used by people who know what the fuck they're doing and it's not at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we can we can bitch and moan about it all we want, but you know what? It's not going to make any difference. It's happened. We can't change it now, but you know, we can make sure that we respond. <laughs> uh, the injured players, you know, that they'll be back. We will rise again. And as Tim said, you know, we're a club with pride, success, and and, and dedication. We cannot let it define us. I think that's what you said, wasn't it, Tim? And I, it stuck with me. We need to forget yeah. it. We need to move on. We need to focus on improving our league position. You know, and we're still in the cup. Let's not forget. Let's have a fucking good go at that. Yeah, let's um, let's even if we get to Wembley, it'll be something to be proud of, and we, you know, we can cherish that. But Kevin, have you got any final words from the uh, from the theatre of nightmares? Yeah, theatre of nightmares, definitely. I mean, there's, there's a few things I want to say. Um, Martial diving when you're six 0 up against ten men. I mean, wow, that 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 is a low, isn't it? Padding the score sheet, padding his personal stats. Yeah, I mean, he, he should have been booked for a dive there. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw someone being booked for a dive. Well, hang um, on. If if Bednarik retrospectively has been rescinded, why aren't they doing that with Martial then? 
Because if you it's not one match ban. Well, exactly. If it's not a penalty or a free kick or a red card, then what is it? It's a free kick to us for diving, right? Yeah. Cheating. Or a goal kick. But um. All that. Uh, yeah. A fucking no, he, there, he, he, he could uh, not to make the contact. Um, his arm movement and the way his legs stopped. I mean, that all suggests that he was trying to avoid contact. And the only thing that I could see was the slight sort of, sort of brushing of the calves together. Oh, there, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, but am I right in thinking that David Luiz's um, red card, that wasn't rescinded? No, that stood. But this one was. That yeah. stood. That stood. What the fuck is going on with this game? Another thing, Mike Dean again. Um, have you ever seen uh, a yellow card given for time wasting when a side is 7 0 down? And <laughs> Stuart they're, Armstrong. they're walking yeah. back to the centre circle. Yeah, Armstrong's yellow card. I, uh, he's, he's plumbing new depths, isn't he? Yeah, there was a there was a comment from uh, from ex ref Mark Halsey as well on that. I don't know whether I should read it out because you've probably um, you've probably heard what he said anyway. Okay, I, I, I will read it out because Mark Halsey he refereed in the Premier League from 1999 to 2013, um, and he said, and I, I, I've been in that situation when I have seen an incident and I've been told to say I haven't seen it. To be fair to the FA, it's not them. It comes from within the PGMOL. Uh, it, it doesn't stop there. We've been told to give a certain amount of corners or throw-ins, fouls, bookings, etc. The Premier League is rife with spot-fixing and bias towards certain clubs from the FA. Every referee in the Premier League could be in front of a court one day soon. What would you make of that? I'd love to see Mike Dean banged up in jail. Not going to deserves it. <laughs> Criminal. Yeah. Uh, Tim, have you got anything to add? No, I don't. Okay. Uh, I do, right. do want to share... I do want to share a fun fact, though, is if you're ever freezing ground meat, flatten it out. <laughs> that way, if you if it's thinner, it, it takes less time to de-thaw it. So rather than talking bitch and moan, let's talk. Let's provide a little fun fact that hopefully people have got to this point are listening. You can use that for your own personal advantage when you're cooking for your Super Bowl uh, tonight, party tonight, that is. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was some sort of um, Eric Cantona-style philosophical seagulls <laughs> platitude. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> nah, I thought you were going to say something about Mike Dean packing meat because. <laughs> uh, <laughs> When you Wait. are freezing ground meat, <laughs> you must make it thin. Yeah. Um, do, do we even want to give a man of the match here? I do. Okay. Go on then. Um, Chay Adams. Yep, me too. He, he worked so hard that match. And he put the ball in there as well. He put the ball in there. He should have stood that goal. Um, he did have a guilt edge chance to make it 6-1 and um, skied it, but... I just feel so sorry for him. I mean, he's he's been on. Uh, he needs it for his confidence to believe that he can start scoring goals again. I know that he will at some point. And yeah, such injustice. But yeah, everyone else. Yeah, he scored a lot of goals in the championship, didn't he? Could be again next year. Oh God! Don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you go that lightning. Uh Tim, man of the match. Yeah, we'll go toward Prowse. Um. Okay. Uh. Just finally on this. United match. Uh, we had a tweet from uh, Gary Seward. Uh, Kev, do you you want to discuss what this was? Because it was um, Adrian Durham on Drive Talksport. Um, he was just um, saying that where Ralph in his post-match interview was um, saying that the squad players weren't good enough and um, blaming the kids, you know, the academy players. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't actually blaming them, though, was he? He was not in so many words. He wasn't saying, "Oh, this is Ramsey's fault. This is, 
Chao Kei's fault. He wasn't doing that anyway. Um, no, but he does make a, a valid point that there, there was, after Jankovic got sent off, there's only one academy player in, in, in the squad. The but, but, but I think that goes more to the bench, doesn't it? He hasn't yeah, got the match winners to come off and do anything about it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all academy. You've got two goalies, no defenders. Um, they're all kids. And when when you're down to 10 men, you probably want to change something up. Um, considering it's a midfielder that's being sent off and you've got two up front, that's not really going to um, work, is it? But there's nobody really for him to bring on. So I, I think... Yeah, maybe if Ralph had said that much, he wouldn't really have a leg to stand on. But he also does say that, you know, Gineppo, Bertrand, Ings, they were culpable for that first goal. Um, again, that, that, that's true. Gineppo was fucking shocking. Um, he, does, he says something about making a point to the board. I'm not sure what the point that um, he can make after a result like that. Um, there maybe was some sense in, in making that point before when we... Could have got a player in in January. That didn't happen. What's done is done. Yeah, um, I, 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 I get the argument. I get what he's saying. But at the end of the day, you've got to look at... I mean, Rav's fuming with his side at the end of the game, isn't he? he, he Thursday, he was a little bit more le- uh, level-headed with, yeah. with the whole situation. And he was able to, to answer questions better. So I think, I don't know, that in the heat of the argument, you can't really pay too much attention to it. He was just angry. He was just probably still in shock and... But I get, I get what um, Adrian Durham's trying to say. I, I, I do there, but I, I, I think, and I, I, I can't find the, the clip that I did watch, where I think he obviously gets some nasty comments for what he's saying, defending Hasenhutl, and then he goes on um, a bit of a raging rant, um, saying, like, you know, saying he's such a, a good fucking manager, but he's lost 9-0 in successive seasons and all this sort of shit. Um, yeah, he goes too far then. But yeah, <laughs> in this clip that uh, Gary sent us, yeah, I think I think it's a valid point. Okay, right, moving on from it. Let's put it to bed. Please. Um, how would we respond? Uh, Newcastle away. This one was massive. You know, that midweek mauling. It was just something that we needed to put right straight away. Buoyed by the lineup. Well, actually, from the Thursday night, uh, from the Ralph's presser, saying that we could have players back. And indeed we did. We had Romeo back. We had Vestergaard back, thankfully straight into the 11. Uh, but it wasn't enough. It, you know, just a horrible, horrible, frustrating day in the northeast yet again. Utterly flabbergasted with our lack of urgency. We've seen this before when we've needed goals at the death and we just don't get the ball into the right positions. Get the ball up the field. Get it in the box. We made one sub, which Ralph has to take the blame for. Redmond was offering nothing. Gineppo was on the bench. Why didn't he come on? Would have been something else. I mean, well, we'll start with those 11s before we get into it. Uh, McCarthy, Vestergaard, Bednarik, Stevens, Bertrand, Ward-Prowse, Romeu, Redmond, Minamino, Adams and Ings. A bench of Forster, Gineppo, Salisu, Teller, Ooh. Ramsey, Lundalu, Finnegan, Watts and Chalke. Four changes from that the United defeat then, guys. Ramsey and Gineppo dropped to the bench. Armstrong out injured. Jankovic suspended. Vestergaard returns, as does Romeo, and a debut for new boy Takumi Minamino. Not only did we have those back, but it's worth mentioning, Tim, that we had Nathan Teller and Mohamed Salisu fit enough for the bench. At least there's one positive we can take out, take out of the week, that players are returning. That is correct, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised for the amount of people that, I, uh, that were going to come back. 
I was thinking potentially Vestigard, and I, for whatever reason, I just had this insight that KWP would not, it would still not be going on, which would, which would slot Stevens over into right back, which we can discuss all about here in a little bit. Um, but overall, Salisu and Tella, so that's a number of people that we've gotten back, and it's great to see them back on the bench. And a whole, maybe he didn't feel that they were comfortable yet enough, at least for Tella. Salisu wasn't going to get changed out. They never changed out center backs unless they get injured. Uh, but all in all, happy to see the injury report drop down significantly. Yeah, and, and Kevin, and with those 11, nice, solid start apart from maybe that right back. Um, but it was another tough one, another tough one to take, another loss, five in a row for the first time since 1998. And Kev, we always get this question, what's the hardest episode you've ever had to record? This one's got to be right up there, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, yeah, after that Everton match where we just lost back-to-back matches to City and after the 9-0, that was fucking bleak. Uh, this is tough because, you know, it's difficult for to look for silver linings in two results like this. But we did score two goals, so that's something. We did, we, we did. Um, I think it's clear, you know, although our lineup was much improved from Tuesday, we still have a lot of defensive issues going on. And Tim mm-hmm. Stevens doesn't work as a right back. It's not even his fault. He's just not a right back. And you knew it was barely going to be... works as a centre back. Oh, I barely, yeah. <laughs> and you knew it was going to be something that Steve Bruce would want to exploit. Um, he was out of position for the first goal from Willock. It was just basically route one over the top of Stevens. He was out of position. He's nowhere, you know, space of plenty, Sam Maximanas all day, all time, and he finds Willock 1-0. Yeah, so Stevens was definitely a little too high up there. What I was really hoping for is when he deputized his left back or later or earlier in the season, that is, uh, what he did is he was on the same side as Gineppo, and there were very few overlaps. He never really pushed up high. Gineppo gave, got free reign basically to stay in front of Stevens while Stevens was able to play the one-two passes and make, make some small progressions, which is what I was hoping for here. Unfortunately, he played straight up like he was a fullback and didn't, and didn't sit back. Just that little extra hair where, which I was hoping for because, uh, obviously he got caught out of position. Sloppy game. Uh, Benaric got, the, the ball got over the top. Benaric was covering well, but it, uh, ASM was, did a great job of being able to skate it around him. And that was it. That but, was the, that was it. Like, it just sucked. I mean, yes, we know he's not a right back. We didn't think he was going to be bombing forward, but he did. He was out of position. Is that down to Stevens just not knowing what to do, or is that down to Ralph telling him, get forward, get the balls in the box? You know, I'm actually going to go with, I think that's what Ralph wanted him to do. As long, really as, got, as, long that, as you've got Bednarik and Ward Prowse to cover him, nothing can go wrong, right? Yeah, nothing can go wrong. But <laughs> I, be, I really believe that you need, he needed to be sitting back, regardless of wherever the position he was. And I could look at it three, four, five times, but still, I don't know what's, right, what's in Ralph's mind. But we know previously with KWP and with all the other right backs, their goal is to press high and to get up higher. I think they're trying to get behind uh, Newcastle and try to break that half, you know, break that line of, uh, that they have with their um, with Willock and with uh, with Hendrick. They were able to break it some a few different times here and there. I just think they're out of it. Just it's just shitty all around. Yes, um, really, really think letting Valerie go was a big, big mistake, and I think it's just proven it here again. Uh, Kevin, uh, there was nothing pretty about Newcastle's build-up play. It was simple: hoik the ball forward. 
just go in between the yeah. lines. Defensively, we can't deal with it, and, and the, you know the pace that we've got or lack thereof. Every Newcastle player had space and time. I mean, Al- Almiron goes unchallenged and he fires one straight at Bednarik, who just can't catch a break and it goes in off him. And he- he's just not getting the luck, is he? Um, I say not getting the luck. I mean, he had his pants pulled down for the, the first goal. Just stripped naked on that left wing. By, by some um, man, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we know that this is what Newcastle can do. You know, they like, like to play a long ball and that's how our press gets beaten. And when you've got Stevens and Romeo and yeah, they're just ball watching or marking spaces that are empty. Um, this is the sort of thing that's going to happen. I and mean, I bet with Bednarik by, by the second guy, he wishes he, he was suspended for this game. <laughs> Probably. <clears throat> Absolute clanger. I mean, St. Maximan managed to beat everyone. Al Niron, uh, yeah, I mean, Jack fucking Stevens, he, he should be marking him for that, shouldn't he? But um, he's not. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, unfortunate, but, you know, if you know where the ball is, where, where it's going, that, that sort of own goal doesn't happen. And, and after that, Kev, I mean, when we played them at St Mary's, we beat them as comfortable as, as we could. We, we were, it was, you know, a nice comfortable 2-0 victory. We are still the same team. And from Thursday, listening to what Ralph said in, in the press conference and knowing that we had all these players coming back, my hands are up. I thought we were going to go over there and turn them over again. I thought we were going to... I, I was really, really up for it. But at this point, I was just feeling as bad as, 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 as ever, as, as you can, because I couldn't see a response then. And how can we pick our heads up after that? You go down 2-0, and you just felt like the world was against you, and there, was, there wasn't a way out. But there was a positive. Bertrand comes down the left, fires a hard low pass to Minamino, whose first touch was, was crucial, really, and he just hit a gem into the roof of the net. Absolutely beautiful. He had just gliding in off the crossbar. Wonderful, wonderful finish. Yeah, Theo can't do um, that. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't really have the composure for it. And yeah, but Bertrand, I mean, he, he wasn't brilliant, shall we say, <laughs> for, for this match or the previous one. But uh, it was a nice, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a positive signing. But still, we've got those defensive frailties. We're missing, I mean, dare we say, our, our best player? I mean, with, without him, we seem just a completely different team than Carl Peters. That's the only thing that's different, isn't it? Yeah. But, I think I when mean, we get him back... Ings hasn't been the same, has he? He hasn't, no. He, just I mean, needed, Ings, that, he needed that one I, to go in off the post, though, didn't he? He really did. <sighs> Yeah. The timing of that as well, and it was, yeah. The thing I'm most angry with, and perhaps the story of the game, if this was avoided, we could have got something out of this game. We would have got something out of this game, I'm sure. Fourth official puts up the four-minute stoppage time in the first half. Uh, we're on the front foot at this point. We're in an attacking position. Redmond decide, decides it's time to uh, think about the second half, and he goes backwards. Prousey helps it go back to Macca. He makes a mess of the clearance and hands it to Bertrand, who also makes a mess of the clearance. And Almiron slots it away, and that's it. It's just, what a time to do it. You know, our heads were in the dressing room. Masters of our own downfall. And just gave ourselves too much to do. It's, it's unacceptable. It's, and it's the first time that Newcastle scored three goals in the first half since 2015. So, f- of course, it had to happen against us. Yeah, we were, we were shit. <laughs> There's not much more to say besides that. Uh, McCarthy had a bad touch to Bertrand. Bertrand had a half touch that... Uh, was taken b- down by the space from Almiron's press, and from there they were able to counter and score. And score, he was able to shoot short 
shoot the ball short side and let in three goals. Uh, I think that's probably the lowest moment out of all week, uh, just because, you know, seeing that, seeing those mistakes, three goals down, which two of them were reasonably preventable, in my opinion, uh, based on our errors were, that led to them. Uh, here comes the Ralph Express. So last time, probably it's choo-chooing away right now. It's laboring. It's pretty slow at the moment. Yeah. What's the next stop? Let's hope it's not the championship. <laughs> yeah, it's the lowest point. They, you're, you're right. Super downtrodden with there. Everybody, everybody was waterlogged at the time. Nobody was taking, you know, nobody was taking precedent and being able to make make the next steps, make the next appropriate steps. I don't know, like I'm, I'm at a loss for words right now because it's, it was rough and it sucked and yeah. I don't feel good from it. No. Um, but Kevin, false hope, something that picked me up. Uh, James Ward Prowse, individual brilliance once again, one swipe of his right boot and we're back in it. And that's his fourth from, uh, three kicks this season and it was pinpoint and Darlow couldn't do anything about it. So yeah, well, what a strike. It was his fifth, oh. uh, he had, he had, it was fourth in the Premier League, fifth with being yeah. in Shrewsbury Town. Yeah. It's world class. It is, yeah. More drama on the 50th minute. Jeff Hendrick sent off for pulling off Minamino. <laughs> Sorry, pulling. Tugging him off, yeah. Tugging him off. Uh, for, <laughs> Sorry, 40 minutes with 10 men. Uh, it's in the bag, right? Just making it easier for us. Cher gets injured and, you know, all subs they've used. Nine men. We've seen how easy Man United made it. Now we have to have a chance to do it ourselves. So yeah, in the bag, right? Yeah. Three points. Here we come. This 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 episode is purely based on Groundhog Day because I end up repeating myself. Uh, <laughs> I've repeated myself about the offsides, and now I'm going to repeat myself about what, what we what we talked about during the Arsenal game. Is yeah. when you get a red card down, you need to get a goal. You need to get one. Okay. You need to get one, and you didn't get one for 40 minutes. Yeah. It, it, you didn't get one stinking goal being up. And we'll just say, regardless of the of Shar's injury, which I really hope because he got air casted off and splinted. It was that yeah, did not yeah. look too good. He he did something gnarly, and I I'll, I'll take a look at it and see what he, we'll see what ended up happening to him. But you need to get a goal. 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 And they didn't do it. Yeah. They, there wasn't enough press. There wasn't enough, uh, whatever it might have been. No is ideas. There's just no ideas. Is it tactical ineptitude at this point? Because you weren't able to, you know, you let in 9-0 twice. Well, You're not able to change things. You, you know, you didn't sub off these people. What's, it's appropriate to start asking these questions. But yeah. Ralph, Ralph can only do, do so much. You know, the players well, need but, to take I mean, it as well. The, 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 the lack of substitutes, that's unforgivable. That, that's on Ralph. To the 81st minute. That's yeah. on Ralph. I mean, this is a, a regular complaint of ours. And if it's not working, you need to change it up. You do have the players now uh, that could make the difference. He sticks on Teller for nine minutes. Okay, great. Gineppo, yeah, okay, he was shite against Man United, but it's something, isn't it? Um, Caleb Watts, what we've seen of him has been positive so far. He's one of the young players that hasn't been on the end of these Tonkings. Maybe maybe he wants to make a positive difference. Wasn't given the chance. Again, is that just a a, a shout-out to the board, like, I need help? 
But, I mean, I say we had no ideas, and we, we say it was pathetic. Ings hit the post. He was unlucky. That, that again, Kev, luck is against us. It's just something like yeah. that. Um, Adams had the ball in the net, but was, it was flagged offside. Ings was the culprit there. And we had one cleared off the line as well. But, like, you know, I'll go back to what you said, the subs. Yeah, this is on Ralph. You could argue that we still don't have the game changers on the bench. We, we saw in, in Lundelu come on for Stevens. That was the right play for sure. Newcastle at this point were not interested in a counter. They just wanted to defend at all costs. You know, two, two banks of four at that point, which is, sounds crazy. Um, Gineppo was there, like you said. What's Chalke, Finnegan? Okay, not game changers, are they? Gineppo, possibly. They're just there to make up numbers on the bench. Teller, probably not wanting to be risked. But why did Gineppo not get thrown into the mix? Stick him in there. Fresh legs. He's got bags of energy. We've seen what he can do with um, shooting from outside the box. This would have been something that, yeah. they, that they needed to do. They needed to explore. They needed to throw everything they can at it, but he didn't. He can't do much worse than, you know, Redmond, Adams, Ings have done up, up, until up to that point. Uh, Why not? I'm going to say it, Kev. I think this was Ralph's worst game in, in charge of us, in terms of tactics and subs. I mean... From the start, would you have preferred to see Ramsey play at right-back instead of Stevens? Because, you know, both of them are going to fail. Why don't we just fail with a proper right-back? Um, I don't know who was worse, Stevens in this game or Ramsey in the previous one. But, I mean, but, but what you've got to look at is Ramsey Ramsey's almost age. got sent off. But Ramsey's <laughs> age and inexperience against... That's probably what he's, gone, what he's gone for Stevens for. He's got the experience. He should know better. But he's playing at right-back. We've got a right back on the bench. If you're not going to play him there when you've got a perfect chance to, why is he at this fucking club? Get rid of him. You're not going to play him. Oh God, I mean, what's going to happen when, when, when we get another injury? I, I, I just worry that we've got, got Ralph's got no trust in this team. He still hasn't got the team that he wants. I think if that's the case, if he doesn't have trust in, in the team, he surely would have gone by now. We didn't throw the ball into the box enough in those latter stages of the game. On the odd occasion we did, it looked like we might actually do something. As I say, like Ings had that shot cleared off the line by Hayden. Um, yeah, it was a free kick on the keeper, but still, it could happen. Um, Tim, I, w- I want you to uh, tell me about how you thought Minamino played. So Minamino did a great job, what I would, fi- would call filling the walkout role, where he rotated from left attacking mid to right attacking mid, and even it was occasionally higher up than either Ings or Adams. Uh, I didn't see him higher up than both of them at once, so he was not ever really that top point, uh, a central attacker. But his rotation and his work rate off the ball is fantastic. What I love to see was in the eighth minute that Redmond had this beautiful, cute, uh, kind of like a, like an outside curve touch in where Minamino ran a, literally diagonal across the field and just, you know, really, really good move. Didn't turn out, uh, obviously the way we wanted to, but overall saw what we we're, what I was looking for in him. Then next up, his, the Minamino goal, uh, basically was just a really, really, really good first touch. The ball wasn't necessarily the, the the super best, but that's because it was due to it skipping off the surface from Bertrand's delivery. And at that point in time, Minamino did the best that he could with it and then took it in his outside, his opposite foot, skied it straight into the net, was like, hell yeah, this is great. So overall, um, and it was really hard to judge post uh, Hendricks' red card because there was the occasional time where he was dropping back so far that he was at the defense. He was he's at the same defensive level that 
um, that not Stevens, but uh, Benarek and Vestergaard were because he was trying to drop back and bring, bring the ball and try to grab the ball and bring it up for whatever reason. So it wasn't necessarily the best uh, time to judge him in the second half, but from his work rate, positioning, attitude, everything that you were looking for, just like Walcott does, uh, he did today and was very happy for, except he finished better than Walcott has, except for maybe that one chip against in the Arsenal game. You know, that was it. 3-2, not enough. Couldn't, we just had no ideas at that point. They weren't getting the, the ball in the box enough. You know, tactically, Ralph didn't do everything he could. My, my head was in my hands at the end of it. I just didn't move. I was just sat there for about a good 45 minutes or so after the game, just not talking, just so, just feeling awful. And five losses in a row now, it just doesn't get much, much grimmer. Um, Kevin, your final thoughts on this game? Yeah. I've got a question for you. How many shots on target do you think we had after Hendrick was sent off? Well, I know we... Uh, I'm going to say one. Yeah, one. Uh, that Vestergaard header from the corner. Yeah, that we had it. we had five in total, didn't we? So. Um, yeah. <laughs> 14 shots. I mean, seven in the first half, seven in the second. So we didn't really get more shots um, when we were playing against 10 or 9 men than when we were playing against 11. That's terrible. That makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to share some stats quickly, if I may. Uh, 74% possession. Dominant. <laughs> 14 shots with 5 on target. An XG of just 1.4 from all that. It's not good enough. It's, no, it's nowhere near good enough. And just, just think about this for a second, right? What do you think Man City would have done in our position? They would have made Newcastle look like a non-league team, and we couldn't even muster up passes in the box. And it's, it's pathetic. I'm angry, and again, I'm going to say I'm let down. This is the same team that before Christmas we were considering Europe, and the only European football we're going to see next year is in pre-season. <laughs> if we're lucky enough to get out of the country, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Anything else you want to add, guys? Or can we just put this behind us? Um, I think we're going to have to. Maybe this is our Everton. This is the actual low point and the only way is up from here I think with Walker Peters back we should be a different team if we're not we're fucked well I said this before before the Newcastle game we got all these players back this is it I'm confident yeah yeah good Uh, man of the match guys Ward Prowse continually doing something that is world class that not too many if anybody else right now in the world can do absolutely fantastic Keep up the hard work and use your talent to the best of your ability and don't ever leave Southampton. We love you, man. Um, I'm going with you, too. I think his delivery was the best thing about this match for us uh, and the only thing that could have got us back in it, to be fair. His passing and pressing and, and carries led the team again. So, yeah, James Woodprouse for me. Kevin? It's unanimous. Yeah, it's difficult to argue with that. I think he had, he had a, a reasonably good game considering the result and... Yeah, that that free kick. Stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Sexual. Sexual. Yeah. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The long and winding road. I'm on the road again. Mollin me, mollin you. Aha! Okay, so we turn our attentions to a new challenge. The FA Cup fifth round against Wolves at Molyneux on Thursday the 11th of February. 
a 5.30 kickoff live on BT Sport. I mean, it's probably our only hope now, isn't it? We, we've got Chelsea coming up in the league after after the Wolves double, of course, and then we've got a difficult trip to Leeds and Everton. February's going to be just as harsh as January, I think. It's and you know, but 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 Wolves. We'll, we'll start with Wolves. The last couple of seasons, Kev, they've been a breath of fresh air, haven't they, for the league? I think you've enjoyed watching them as much as I have. They've been kind of like challenging the next best thing outside the, the top six, but. This season, something has gone wrong. I mean, they're currently in 14th place. I think they're playing right now at, at home to Leicester. Um, below what they would have hoped for. Uh, third round, 1-0 win over Palace. And a slender 1-0 fourth round win over semi-professional Chorley. Not setting anything alight. Of course, they have, they've had a horrific injury to um, the key man, Raul Jimenez. Skull fracture from that head clash with David Luiz. Miss, not only are they missing the goals, but it must have dented all their confidence. And yet, if you think something like that happened to us with with Ings, I mean, where would we be, especially at the start of the season when he was scoring for fun? It kind of sticks with you, doesn't it, something as bad as that? Yeah, I mean, definitely they're, they're, they are struggling to score goals. I mean, they're a, a broken team, really. I mean, they've only had two wins in their last ten. I think they're quite in a, in a similar situation to us. I mean, they've got, apart from him and us, they've got... A uh, few players out injured. Saiz, Aitnori, Marcel. Saiz is back today. Oh, is he now? He's okay. on the bench. But... Mm, okay, well, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not too bad. But yeah, I mean, they, they've had their troubles. And like, yeah, like you said, scraping through 1-0 against Chorley and Palace is not the most de- definitive, uh, definitively positive route through uh, in the cup. Um, they did beat Arsenal 2-1. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think it would be interesting to see how it's still nil nil against Leicester, but um, whether they can start performing again. But I mean, you've got a worry, isn't you after that Newcastle match that they could easily open us up with long balls, and they they've got that 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 width and aggression and the damage already. Um, he loves it a game against us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we really, really, really need Kyle Walker-Peters back for that. I don't you know, so Thursday, do, Thursday yeah. needs to be, you know, a, a long way off still. <laughs> it, it, but it's difficult to know where they're going to finish and just what they can hope for right now. But, Tim, without giving away your predictions just yet, what are your thoughts on Wolves? They've had a shitty year. Uh, they have been very slow and methodical team. Uh, been have them on in the background right now, but po- watched them probably a good six or seven darn near full games. And for whatever reason, for their, they're not living up to playing against what their talent is. So they have the talent. They have Nuno, who is a good coach, but for whatever and he's reason, got a lovely beard. They, they have a fantastic beard. beard. Does not, it's not Kevin level, but it's, it's pretty decent. And he's a goalie too, so I'm always, always a fan with that. So nonetheless, I think that they are not living up to their expectations. And it's scary because you never know when they can just pop right back up and take, uh, take a, a minnow down like us. <laughs> I think so. Unfortunately. Yeah. You say you think you, you know. never know, but <laughs> I have a sneaky suspicion that Thursday could be it. Um, well, going on to that now, what are we predicting for this one? Because not only do we play them in the Cup in the week, but, you know, just three days later we play them in the league, Sunday the 14th, 12pm uh, kickoff that one, live on Amazon Prime. So it's very crucial we can get more players back again, like Kyle Walker-Peters, and then we can rotate these squads for both the Cup and this league game. 
Um, predictions then for the game, uh, for the cup game then, guys. I'm going to go first and I'm going to say 1-0 win to Wolves. Saints go out of the cup. Nice and positive there. Uh, Kevin, you're up next. FA Cup game. Okay. I'm also going to say 1-0, but I'm going to say 1-0 Saints for some unknown reason. That's right, Kev. You stick with it. Uh, Tim, what are you going with? Uh, 2-1 Wolves. If it, if it matters, it's extra, extra time. Yep. So the win in extra, the win in, the win in extra time. Okay. Uh, and the league game, Tim, you're up first. Uh, it's gonna be 1-1. Okay. Uh, 2-0 Wolves. <laughs> Interesting, Kev. You've gone for a 1-0 Saints win in the cup and 2-0 Wolves in the league. I've gone the other way around. I've gone 1-0 Wolves in the cup and 1-0 Saints in the league. So okay. the league, so the league game, we've got a Saints win, a Wolves win, and a draw. So, uh, something's gonna give there. Uh, Jammer is going 1-0 Wolves on both. 1-0 Wolves win. In the FA Cup, okay. And the league? Uh, same thing. Oh, she's going, she's doing the same as Jammer. Tim, yeah, thanks very much, as always. Um, busy next week for you, of course. Um, I hope everything goes well with the move, and I hope you're in, in time just to watch the Saints and Wolves on FA Cup Thursday, isn't it? So you'll be moving on Thursday, so yeah. Thank you, and up the Saints. I'm Matt Letizier, and thank you for listening to In Okay, welcome to Extra Time. We start, as usual, with the predictions. Uh, everyone went for a United win, 2-0, 2-0, 3-0, all scoring two points, which left the score 34 to me, 23 to Tim, and 21 to you, Kev. Uh, and the Newcastle game, we all went draws, uh, no points, so scores remain the same. Um, as do Wife Wars, all predicted United wins and no one guessing a Newcastle one. So the scores are Gemma 15, Marina 15, Abby 13. Uh, Super 6, round 32 was a six-way tie with uh, Stephen McCullough, Bradley Lloyd, Dan Buck, Jason Lewis, Neil Parsons and Russ Sayers all on seven. Round 33 yesterday was won by Gavin Burgess on 16, leaving the overall lead still with Tom Hennigan, who's hanging on on 263. Uh, fantasy football, Kev. I think the only good thing to come out of this week for me was my team, because last week I scored 91 points. Bastard. Yeah, I had a flyer. That, um, you didn't captain Fernandez, huh? I didn't captain Fernandez, but um, I scored enough with Fernandez and, and um, Juan Bissaka. I went for the whole quota of United players. I also had Rashford as well, so... Um, my team did well because of them. Yeah, 91 points. I think wan got me 17. I actually captained Calvert-Lewin, which I've captained, okay. I've captained this week as well. I kept him, and he scored me 24 points this week. So, at the moment, I'm on 68 points this week. Holy fuck. So, I'm having yeah, a good one. I've actually... I've actually moved above Tim already this week, so... Yeah, that must explain your meteoric rise up the table in our podcasters' league. Well, if um, someone's moving up anyway. Yeah, thanks. I got 58 last week. That's all right. Which, considering the number of goals that were scored, it's not amazing. I'm on 29 at the moment. And, uh, yeah, I'm still languishing at the bottom of the Podders League. Got 29 um, this week. Yeah. To still my 68. Finished. No. But the manager of the month for January was uh, Oliver Boast. His Sesc Pistols managed 335 points. Um and, yeah, still, Matt Markstone, best Southampton podcaster, fancy league manager in 
our overall league, it's still Lucy Hynet at the top. Yeah, she's kind of uh, escaping the rest of them. Um, Bobby Brown. And so <laughs> I'm not going to say that. <laughs> the month for January in our, in our big league. So, uh, well done, team. Okay, excellent. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin. Uh, yes. The title of this episode, uh, we can give you Groundhog Day in Russian, and that is Dien Surka. Dien Surka. Day of the Groundhog. There you go. Day of the Groundhog. Groundhog Day. Okay, uh, next week then. Kevin, you are absent, correct? Yeah, I won't be here. We're having a romantic weekend uh, away from the football. Until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.